Hey everyone, it's Jen. Welcome to episode four of the I'm Still Standing podcast. This episode is super, super special to me because I get to interview one of my mentors. She survived depression, assault, suicide attempts, and extreme bullying. Let's find out how Pollyanna got through the worst times in her life as a victor. Pollyanna Reed is a true hustler. She does not play when it comes to achieving her goals. Not at all. (laughs) Um, And I'm honored to be interviewing her because she's a lady I've admired for so long. And now she's my mentor, which I'm super happy about. Um, She's also a ghostwriter and the newest contributor for Forbes.com. So Pollyanna, could you tell us one thing about yourself that would be surprised to know? Oh my god. I'm so excited. <laughs> Can you tell us? One thing about myself that you'd be surprised to know. Um, I am considering doing in vitro. Really? Yeah. Okay, that is really, okay, wow. That's really, really shocking. Yeah, and I think that some people, they are like, like, why would you voluntarily want to be a single mother? Um, but I've been corresponding, you know, talking with my doctor, and the other day she proposed a question. She's like, what are we doing? Is there a partner? No partner? Are you, you know, yeah. there are options if you want to do it by yourself. I'm going to be 30 in November. And I, I had already had this conversation with myself and my parents. Like, in a few years, if mm-hmm. I have not yet settled down, then um, there's no way I'm going to miss my window to motherhood. I feel like mm-hmm. that's going to be the greatest accomplishment of my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, like, dating right now sucks. And so I'm getting my money, cutting those checks, and I'll just do it myself if I have to. Because oh. I can't, I'm not going to let let that situation just mm-hmm. like I like I, I want to be a mother I crave to be a mother so like I'm really looking forward to that time in my life wow okay so that's like the conversation that's happening that nobody knows wow that is really <laughs> yeah that's a serious conversation yeah, thanks for, for sharing sure. with us that's so interesting <laughs> what brought you to that decision like like did, was that a long time thinking about it or um I come from a family of very strong women um and like you said, I don't mess with my goals. I'm mm-hmm. a great executor and I've done really well for myself. Mm-hmm. And one area of my life that's comp- very weak is the relationship area. Um, and you read in my book so far that like I'm very unlucky in love and I believe I don't believe that there's someone for everyone. And there's a part of me that thinks that I'm part of that small percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't mm-hmm. say it to be depressed. I don't say it to... I just think I'm part of that small percentage. It's, mm-hmm. It is what it is, right? So, something to think about. Mm-hmm. I like the, the fairy tale. Yes, I once believed in it, but then reality hits and you realize mm-hmm. there's a lot of, you know, boys disguised as men. And mm-hmm. if I have to, I'll go it alone and I'm okay with that. I think it's mm-hmm. it's perfectly fine to be okay with being alone. Yeah, no, definitely. That's so mature. Wow. <laughs> no, seriously, it is like super mature. Um, well, as I was telling you before, I read your 68-page preview online. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. And so I ordered the book immediately after. And Aaliyah, the main character in the book, she goes through like tremendous heartbreaks right. in the book. Um, how much of Aaliyah is actually you? Uh, 95%. Wow. Like a lot of her character is me. Mm-hmm. When I wrote the book, I wanted to... Con- 
consistently um, have that thread of transparency because in my brand, on my social media, I'm very open and honest with everything that I go mm -hmm. through. So I think it was really important to me that I like can, like had that in my book as well. And also it was part of my healing process. It was um, a dream that I had had since I was little. Mm -hmm. And I believe that, you know, you go through all your trials and, and you know, the BS and not knowing like what what's the end goal? Like, why am I in this situation? And then after it all passed, I realized, oh my God, like now I have so much ammunition for this book mm -hmm. and that's the dream. You know what I mean? Everything just kind of came together. Yeah. So like, I'm actually happy that I was like put through that mess because like it helped me with my message. Um, I'm wondering, did you have, did you have a sink or swim moment that pivoted you in any particular direction? Uh, yes, absolutely. So I've lived with depression since I was a kid, depression and anxiety. Um, like severe panic attacks, um, constantly in a state of worry, um, a deep state of sadness. Um, I, obviously, like as I got older and now I know how to navigate life with mm -hmm. because of the tools that I have. But when I was younger, it was really, really difficult and I'm very sensitive. A lot of things would easily affect me. Um, I was bullied in high school. And as I got older and I'm becoming a woman, trying to figure out like what I want to do with my life, I hit a crossroads with my parents because they did not necessarily like believe in the same vision and dream that I had for myself. Mm -hmm. And then when I entered uh, college in my second year is when I went through a very, very deep spiral. I became uh, suicidal, I actually tried to commit suicide twice due to the depression and the thoughts around like, why am I here? What's my purpose? Um, if I'm not allowed to, you know, pursue my dream, like what, like what is the point of existing, right? Yeah. Like I didn't want to be one of the adults that, you know, looked back on our life and said, what if? Mm -hmm. So I just, I thought it was much easier instead of going through the mental torture just to end it. Oh. Luckily, um, you know, I survived and I took that as a message that there was a purpose for my life. And so as long as I had a beating heart, as long as I was, you know, here on this earth, I'm just like, you know what, my mission now, my perspective now is to figure out what that purpose is. Mm -hmm. How did you get from that place? Like that must have been so hard for you, not having that support in terms of like actually living your dream. How do you get to the place where you said, you know what, I'm going to, you know, like I know that you ended up dropping out of college yes. and taking your life after. in your own hands. but. Like and that was the best day of my life, let me wow. tell you. Dropping out of school and like entering that doorway that represented freedom for me. Mm. Because I just I feel like high school doesn't necessarily prepare you enough. College, you're kind of like existing. Mm -hmm. Many of my peers went to college programs that they weren't happy with. Four, six year degrees and like they come out feeling depressed and miserable. Mm -hmm. They wasted money. I was like, honestly, like... I'm not doing this. My second year exam week ripped up my paper and just walked out. And I told myself I'd figure it out. And I did. You know what I mean? <laughs> Honestly, that's amazing. And amazing. I think it's important for people to know that success is not reserved for elite A and B students. Like, I was a very average student. Um, and with that being said, I think it's just a matter of, like, how you learn, right? I ended up turning the world into my classroom, mm -hmm. right? I don't, I don't feel like I had the support of many teachers or... My parents at the time, um, they didn't know what they didn't know. And so for me, it was just mm -hmm. a matter of like, I'm going to figure this out on my own terms and at my own pace and in my own style. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, Thank you. <laughs> this is yeah, it's killing in here. Um, 
let's talk about let's talk about self-love sure in the book you reveal a lot mm -hmm. through Aaliyah stuff that you dealt with like um the date rape the abortion right. um can you tell us a little bit about like the self-love process in terms of those things and how you dealt with that because so many women are dealing so many women and girls are dealing mm -hmm. with self-love love issues shame issues so how was that journey for you that journey was obviously difficult mm -hmm. um when you're in the thick of it like it's just everything's magnified because when you're in high school everybody knows your business mm -hmm. whether you volunteer the information or not people twist things around so I was called all kinds of names, and I was Whoa. judged, and I was tormented. Uh, but as you get older, you have to find your own healing process, whether it's through your doctor or any medical professional, mm -hmm. whether it's through medication, whether it's through exercise. Like Every case is different, so yeah. I feel like what works for me may not work for someone else, yeah. but I do think it's important to, regardless, if you're going through something, you've got to raise your hand. And I think mm -hmm. that's what really changed for me. Um, after college and I you know when I was going through the thick of things and I really wanted to like take a turn I raised my hand I reached out to my family doctor and he was very instrumental in helping me figure out what my options are and to this day he always tells me if you ever want to drop by and just kick it in my office like we'll chop it up he's he's really relaxed oh, that's really amazing cool. yeah. that's so good yeah wow and how <laughs> like how did your relationship with God play into that process so I've always been a preacher's kid, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of pressures that come along with that. Um, yeah, sure. Many of my uncles, they run their own churches as well. So like from every angle, it's like people are watching you mm -hmm. and judging your every move. But my uncles have actually allowed me to, um, we're very, my extended family, my uncle, like they've allowed people to come up in front of their church and share their testimonies. Mm -hmm. So I've always been like, I've always witnessed it and I've always thought it was like such a beautiful moment where someone stands at the front of the church and they're like, this is what happened to me mm -hmm. and this is how I grew through it. And it gives you that hope and inspiration, exactly. right? And my, I mean, my parents taught me basic beliefs and values that we had in the home. And But sometimes I don't think, when it comes to mental illness, I don't always think you can pray it away, oh, yeah. which is why I was so confused because mm. <sighs> like... If I had a broken arm, you would not tell me to pray that away. You'd tell me to get a cast and go see a doctor. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I don't think it was easy to understand when I would explain it to my yeah. family members. And uh, it wasn't, honestly, it wasn't until like recent years that I really started building my relationship with God only because I think I was angry for a very long time mm -hmm. and I had a lot of resentment. Yeah. And then I found Elevation Church and Pastor Stephen Furtick and okay. that has like completely changed my perspective wow. and like my like every everything it's it, it it saved me for sure so i think it's just a matter of um you know having an open heart and not letting your battles cripple you and letting them build you instead yeah oh, so important and you mentioned your uncles in a previous conversation we had mm -hmm. that they all read your book yeah <laughs> like that <laughs> And it's that so, would terrify me. You know what? But I knew, like, as I'm writing this book and I have explicit scenes and words, I knew, like, my mom and my my parent, like, everybody, like, I knew. But I, that's what I wanted, though, because, like, what good is, is a piece of material that's not, like, truly who you are? Yeah, for sure. Right? Because I'm having mm -hmm. these conversations in sister circles and when I'm talking mm -hmm. to peer groups and when I'm, you know, uh, dealing with youth. So, like, I think parents need to know because oftentimes they live in a bubble 
and mm-hmm. I need to pop that bubble because it's annoying. It right? is. Right? You, like, you have this lens and you don't want to believe, like, what's behind the curtain. And I just wanted to tell a true, mm-hmm. authentic story. And I think for a long time it was very hard for my parents to even recognize or believe, like, their baby girl going through these situations. Mm-hmm. But these are conversations that are much needed in the home, right? So if for I can sure. start these conversations in some regard and bring mother daughters together or even a lot of fathers have read my book because you know they want to see the world through their child's eyes and what mm-hmm. their um daughter is up against mm-hmm. and i thought that was super sentimental i had one gentleman come to my book launch and um his daughter's name is love and at the time she was seven and she's like the day he was like the day my daughter turns 14 i'm gonna get rid of this book Whoa. it was like oh. everyone, everyone was like wow <laughs> It was, it was, oh my God, it was so sweet. It was so, I still keep in touch with him. He's, That's he's beautiful. amazing. That's really beautiful. <laughs> uh, and was there anything that your parents, did your parents know a lot of the contents of the book or was it Prior, a surprise? No. Prior, no. It was Because no. the thing is, if I had not wrote the book, I probably would have never opened up to them. And this forced me to, because now, mm. you know, at this point they have a lot of questions and yeah. my family members are calling them and like, yo, what's up? Like, how is this happening? And um, it forced me to say something. Otherwise, I probably would just be hiding and just like sweeping it under the rug. And I didn't want to do that because I don't want to live the rest of my life in fear. I want to live my be. I want to bring my best self to every single day. And yeah. you can't do that if you're hiding behind a mask. If you're if you're faking it. If you're pretending. If you still have like heavy burdens weighing down in your heart. And I I just don't want to live that way because I know what. God has in store for me. I know my potential. And so anything that I need to clear in order to like let that happen, um, I knew I needed to do it. I just, there was no hesitation. There was no, I just, I did it. And it sounds like it was a beautiful tool to just bring all that to light. Well, yeah. Yeah. And it's also helped me build my career in many ways because now I can use this as a catalyst to open up conversations with young girls, with teens, with millennials. So it's, it's been going through all of that mess has been such a blessing. I'm like happy that I was chosen to do that. Wow. That's that when you get to that place, I don't know why I feel like I'm going to cry. Sorry. (laughs) When you get to that place where you can say that, I feel Mm -hmm. like that's, where God has like shifted your test into your mm-hmm. testimony. Because think about it this way, every successful person has gone through something. Like yeah. there's no like perfect success story. And no. so for me, I you know, I obsess with documentaries and watching like people who are in positions of power. Like how did you get there? What is the journey to, right? So this is just part of my journey and there's still like so much road ahead of me. Exactly. Yeah. Don't you just love when God does that? I just love it. When he turns that valley um, that you were going to be buried in, that grave, when he turns that upside down into a mountain that you stand on, it's just, there's nothing like that. There's just, to me, there's just nothing like that. That transformation that only God can do, that transformation that you know is a miracle, like there's no other explanation. Only God can do it. Wow. And you had so much discouragement from being a writer, right? Like so many. Oh my gosh. So many Nobody men. understands. Nobody understands what it's like to be a writer because I failed grade 11 and 12 English. I failed grade 10 math and science. So like I was already like, people already counted me out the game. They're just like, uh, like when I went to my parents and told them I want to be a writer, they're like, 
but why? Like, you suck at writing. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're like, yeah, you're not a good writer. So, no, you can't go to college for writing. And mm-hmm. I, I get it from that perspective, of course. But, like, I was bullied severely. So, I used mm-hmm. to spend a lot of time by myself in the cafeteria, the library, or the girls' washroom, journaling and doodling, right? I was, like, mm-hmm. kind of a weird kid. Um, and even at home in those quiet moments in my room. So, like, in my mm-hmm. head, I was the bomb, right? I just needed to, to bring that out of me. And um, I held on to faith and I just stuck it through by the time I when I dropped out a few years later I connected with a mentor made a vision board had established goals and by the time I was 22 mm-hmm. I became a nationally published journalist wow. I was published in every I was writing for every major newspaper across Canada and then um, a few years later is when I you know is when I started the book and then now I work you know as a ghostwriter for celebrities and uh, athletes mm-hmm. and CEOs I'm hoping to work with politicians and then now I work for Forbes.com. Amazing. I love, don't you just love it when you're like the underrated one? I just love that. I, I, know, I, love, I love it too. I love it because in, you can prove them wrong, right? Well, it's like I have receipts at the end of the day. So, and I don't, mm-hmm. I think that you, you attain a certain level of respect that comes with that. And yeah. um, it, I just, I want people to know, especially young people, like if you're usually like if you're if you suck at school or you're a troubled kids they just like count you out yeah. and then that does a lot to your psyche you can't you can't count yourself out because there's so many if you look at like these entertainers and these athletes like every a lot of them were not a and b students or scholars in school right no. and it just means you have to try a little bit harder and you have to figure out what your learning style is like i'm a visual learner mm-hmm. so that's why organized chaos um is normal for me and I think in pictures and also like when I, I need, I think in chess moves, right? So like when I'm looking at the teacher, that's why she's speaking in a different language. Yeah. But at that time, I just didn't know my learning style. So that mm-hmm. plays a big role as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Wow. And you already listed, like you're doing so much. I don't know how you do it. Thank you. Um, how do you have, like, have time for yourself? Um, I don't. It's a sacrifice that I mm-hmm. that I have made, um, and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I think that people want an elite level of success and not do half the work, not even do like the not. I feel okay. Blessings have requirements. Put it that way, mm-hmm. right? So you wish for it, you pray for it, yeah. but if your work ethic doesn't match up to it, you're you're just not going to get the results you want. So everything that I've worked for and I've imagined for myself, I have because. I've sacrificed time with friends and family. I've sacrificed, you know, having toys that I've wanted, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, clothes or whatever the case may be, right? So, mm-hmm. and I've sacrificed my sanity because I think when you run a business, you um, you pay a psychological price. Sure. I've sacrificed my, um, my, uh, my life because, like, I'm vulnerable on social media, so that leaves me open to criticism mm-hmm. and judgment, mm-hmm. right? So... Yeah. You gotta be like, what are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to, to give up in order to have the success that you want? I can always do certain things. I can catch up with friends later. Right now, my friends that really understand me, they don't get offended if I can't make lunch, you know? Yeah, and that's when you really see who's down, right? Exactly. And who, yeah, for sure. Wow, thank you so much, Pollyanna. Um, our last question What are you most grateful for in this journey thus far? Like, I am grateful for the relationship with my mom because it was very uh, tainted, toxic. It wasn't good for me, like until like last year, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've just had 
a recent breakthrough and we're closer than ever. And that was like the reason why I even wrote the book was to bridge a gap in our relationship mm-hmm. with her because I felt like we were very, we misunderstood each other. But now we're on like really, really good terms. And mm-hmm. I think I'm most grateful for that because there you can always hit the re- reset button yeah. as many times as you need to. And it's never too late to to try you know i think people give up with their parents it's kind of like you're annoying bye yeah but like for me like i always met her halfway sometimes i don't feel like she met me halfway that's cool but now i feel like we're bringing our full selves to the relationship mm-hmm. and that's the goal so <laughs> well thank you so much because i feel like this conversation is so necessary mm-hmm. and especially for not only millennials parents yeah. um older people as well that aren't millennials I can't speak (laughs) it's just it's bringing a conversation forth which you said Mm -hmm. right like we sweep things under the rug eventually you're gonna trip over that dust like it's gonna become this big old pile and you're gonna trip over it and knock yourself out right you have to deal with it I tell like I used to do the private practice counseling stuff and I used to always tell my clients there's no shortcuts right there's no shortcuts like you just have to do the work whether it's and it may take you two months, mm-hmm. two years, 20 years, yeah. but just put, like, put one foot in front of the other because exactly. the next step is always worth taking. It is. Right? It is, for sure. Uh, do you mind telling us where our viewers can find you on um, social media? You can Google me. I have like 10 pages. My name is very unique, which is a blessing because I actually used to hate my name when I was little and like just, just so much amazingness that has come with it. Um, I'm on all social media, YouTube, mm-hmm. Twitter. So if you Google me, everything will just come up. Yeah. com, newgirlontheblock.com, which is my mentorship program, and thewritersblock.com, which is my uh, mm-hmm. communications agency. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's been a blessing Thank having you. this conversation, and I know mm-hmm. it's going to impact lives. Like It's impacted my life, so I can't imagine how it's going <laughs> to impact everybody else's. <laughs> I really hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, share it with someone who would benefit from the message. Also, remember to subscribe so you can get this podcast goodness downloaded automatically. And check out our website at imstillstandingseries.com if you want to just shoot me an email or if you want to apply to be a featured guest on our show. And remember, where there is life, there is hope. Standing tall